Okay. Oh, very impressive. Not everyone could do that. All right. All right, so holding the beginning of Parakhtas, um, essentially, uh, the Tzamal Sedek shows how the, the marshal of the king with his uh, finance minister and his uh, Supreme Court judge and etc., how uh, it's not exactly identical to the Nimshal and how we can break it down. However, at the same time, it shows that there is something to it, and there is such a concept of uh, working through, going through, having kavana, in terms of the different kalim de atzilus, and there is a certain value in that, um, and it being mechavim b'shem. So he, you know, makes it this case a little bit stronger in in ches, but then at the end of ches, he comes back to our question. And our major question here is, why are we bothering with this whole thing? Why are we getting ourselves involved? In other words, uh, this whole story is, is, it's very nice and everything like that, but it's really, it seems to be not really necessary. You know, at the end of the day, dive into the Abishter and that's it. What, 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 why am I directing him in which way to go? Hashem needs me to give him direction as to, you know, take this route, take route 80, take route 95, you know. Hashem knows better than me which way to go, right? So the, we ended off the paragraph, uh, paragraph Ches, with a, you know, saying like, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a very powerful question, this whole question. And like, why are we bothering with this? Yeah. Hmm? Uh, I can't do it because I'm, I'm recording it, so, you know. That's the way it is. Okay, so Perak Tess. So he says like this, Ach, Leshev Zeh, in order to answer this question, So in order to understand, to answer this question, we have to explain a little bit more about uh, what we talk about in terms of Halel. That on the surface, it seems very wondrous. At the end of the day, look at, let's, let's discuss it like this, he says. You think the Abishter needs our praises? <laughs> what a ridiculous thing, right? It's totally ridiculous. That we're praising him, that he's so great in this way, he's so great in that way. Like, what are we talking about here? Every dire ara means anyone that's dwelling on ara, I mean the earth, anyone that's dwelling down here in this world is considered like absolute nothing compared to Hashem. So, like, what, what's, what's the whole point? So, what, what is this whole idea that Hashem commanded us to give thanks and to praise and everything like that? Now, um, he's going to get into a whole point here, which is a very interesting point that many of the, um, the Jewish philosophers in, in discussing this bring up this point. In other words... There's, there's a, a quintessential, there's a difference in terms of how to approach, for example, mitzvahs, taira, bichlal, the way the mekubalim are, are approaching it and the way others are approaching it. In other words, one of the approaches to this whole idea of, for example, giving shvach, and you probably have heard this before, is the idea of it's not for Hashem, it's for me. In other words, 
why am I why am I giving praise to Hashem? I'm giving praise to Hashem that I should become more of a grateful person. So the more I'm going to say thank you to Hashem, the more grateful I will be, the more I will change as a human being, and I will become a better person because of it, because I will understand exactly, you know, who is giving me everything. And you can look at the same thing inside mitzvahs also. Like, why are you doing mitzvahs? The Abishur needs my mitzvahs. Hashem needs me to put on tefillin in the morning. Come on. Uh, like, he really cares. It's totally beyond that. So one of the answers that is given in Torah literature is that, no, the whole reason why we're doing it is because I should become a different person. That the whole idea of mitzvahs is that I'm changing by me subjugating myself to this greater authority, that I'm going to become a different person, and that's the reason why. Now, that is an approach. That is a legitimate approach in Torah literature. On the other hand, do you have the Kabbalistic approach, which obviously is the approach of Hasidus. And that approach is that, no, that actually when we do mitzvahs, we are actually affecting the worlds, the upper worlds in particular. And in particular, if you look at the writings of the Arizal, right, the, the, the majority of the writings are based on what's happening in the world of Atzilus. By expanding the Kalim, the spheres in Atzilus, we are bringing in more light, which then causes more light to come down into this world, which causes the world to become a better place. Right? That's basically the concept in a very simple way of looking at it. Right? So therefore, when we are giving Shvach, when we're saying Halil and things like that, so that's not for our benefit. I mean, of course, ultimately it's for our benefit as well. But it's actually accomplishing something. It's a very big difference in approach. So therefore, the whole way of looking at Torah and mitzvahs becomes a different approach. Is it for me that I should become a different person? Or is it for that I'm actually accomplishing something here in the greater scheme of things called existence? Right? So he's going to say here, like the first question is, why do we even bother? Like, why, why bother? Like, why bother davening? Like, why bother with this whole thing? So therefore, he's saying, why bother saying halal? Like, who, like, like the Abishra needs me to say, you know, it's like, uh, think about it. If an aunt walked over to you and said, wow, you're such a great person. Like, he just like would step out. You know? <laughs> it's like, what, 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 like, what are you talking about? Like, who cares? Right? And, I mean, even, even amongst human beings to human beings. Right? You think uh, Michael Jordan needs, you know, me to come over to him and say, wow, you are a really great basketball player. He knows he's a great basketball player. Right? He doesn't need me to come and tell him that. Right? Now imagine a cat coming over to Michael Jordan saying, wow, you're really good. Like, he could care. An ant. A mosquito. Okay, it would be a little bit of a different uh, world, it's true. But the point being, the point being, it's irrelevant to you. Who cares? So think now, here, we are a creation compared to the Creator. The Abishter needs it? That's what he's saying. So now he says the second possibility. So there are those that answer this by saying, but who could die? That the whole reason why we're saying Hallel, why we're doing these things, is only in order to purify my soul. That's the reason why I'm doing it. That's the whole Nakuda. That we should be recognizing. The greatness of the Abishur. 
right, that is doing like all this good for us. That only he alone has the possibility of changing things. So everything that, right, is needed, right? So that in and of itself, there is something to that. That maybe the whole reason why we're doing this is just for myself, just that I should be recognized, that I should acknowledge that there's something greater than me and that he is the one that's greater than me and that I should be aware of him and that I should change my, uh, my gaiva, my yeshis, my arrogance, because I recognize that there's an abishter. And when we purify our souls, you then we'll become a greater vessel to be able to receive the good. So let's say that that's the whole reason why. So he says like this. The truth is, right, that there is a much deeper reason. There is a much deeper reason, a hidden reason, of this whole idea of Hallel, this whole idea of mitzvahs, this whole idea of all these things, right? That there is something to it. In other words, so he pushes by the question. Everyone sees the pattern here, what's going on? Right, same thing, pattern. Why are we bothering with this whole business? This whole Hallel business is irrelevant seemingly, right? He doesn't, Abishur doesn't need it. So answer number one, he says, you know, maybe, the, maybe they're right. Maybe the Abishur doesn't need it and maybe it's just for me, right? So answer number two, he says, no, no, that's really not, that's, there is something to that. Don't get me wrong. There is, I mean, in, like I said, in Torah literature, this is a, a very uh, discussed topic. However, according to Kabbalah, there is something much deeper going on here. And that's what we're going to get into now. Here we go. excuse me, Hem Kaili. We've already discussed, right, in the first bunch of chapters, the idea that what? That the ten spheres of Atsilus are there in order that the Ainsov, in order for the Abishter to affect through it, to give it life, Livnois, right, to build, Vlistor, to take apart, Laharos, to destroy, Lanitoya, to plant. Right? In other words, to do everything. Everything in the world is through this. And without the intermediary of the spheros, in other words, and without this, then it would be impossible for the worlds to be able to receive any energy from the Abishur. Because why? Because if all of a sudden infinity decided to shine down into our world, our world would become minus one, as they say, right? It, it would just cease to exist, right? Everyone's got it? Everyone's clear? Like the Alter Rebbe writes in the Geras HaKadosh, HaPasuk, V'yubo Shadaka Kishirian, etc. Okay, so now, with that in mind, for Amnam Modazois Shevemis the Gabe Atmos Oreinsov, that in truth, right, in relationship with the Oreinsov himself, Hayud Sphiros Batelim Mamish. In other words, on the one hand, we're saying in order for Hashem to interface with our world, he needs the Yud Sphiros. On the other hand, the Yud Sphiros compared to Hashem are also but Batel Metzias. 
Chachma, and even Chachma, she reishis ayudzviras, which is the beginning of all the yudzviras. He nichshabes kaasiyah gufnis mamish. It's considered like a like like the, like a rock on Sussex Avenue. Remember the example when you're dealing with a billion. So you could say a billion compared to a million, or compared to number three. So a million is much closer. But if you're comparing to infinity, right? It makes no difference if you're saying a million, a billion, a trillion, or five. They're all equidistant. Right? You with me? So therefore, when you're saying that the Yud Sviros, they have a function, yes, they have a function. Right? However, on the other hand, in relationship to the Abishter himself, the Yud Sviros of Atzilus and, and, and Iraq on Sussex Avenue are the same thing. It's, they're Igmamish the same. It's irrelevant. Right? Legabi Atzimus Arayin Sobar. So in order for the Abishter to enclose himself. Remember, Hislabshus. Hislabshus means Gilui. Right? Three rules. Lay, what are the three rules? Hislabshus. Gedalia. You remember this? There's a Mechabal. Number two. Thank you. There's a Makabal, there's a Mashviya. Right, we got that part. No, number one, Makabal. Number two. It has to be in the language of the Makabal. And therefore, there has to be a Tsimtsum on the part of the Mashviya. Remember that? Yeah. Write it down. Right? Three things, right? Whenever you have the word Hislabshus, you have the word Gilui. You have to know these three things. You have to recognize. By definition, if you have a makabal in this relationship, the makabal is the one that is setting up the terms of the relationship. Right? Just like a teacher and a student. Right? How many times have I told this example? If I give you this class in Japanese, I'll give you a great class, but no one's going to understand anything. So who is deciding who the, is giving the, what the class is in? The Mechabal, the Mechabal, has to decide the relationship. If the Mechabal is deciding the relationship, then the Mashpia has to change himself. This is very relevant in terms of relationships also. Whether you're talking about a, a relationship with a wife, with a Chavrusa, with whoever. If you want to be able to relate to someone else, you have to be able to see where they are. And by definition, if you're seeing where they are, you have to change yourself. You have to limit yourself. If it's all about me, then it's not about the relationship. Are you following? You with me? Because if it's all about me, then it's about my relationship with myself, not about my relationship with anyone else. Same thing here. The Orain Sof is mislabish into the Yud Sfiros. So if the Orain Sof was coming in the way with all of his might, right? What's going to happen? He's just going to run over. He's going to run over the Kalim. Right? Instead, he has to see. He has to, he has to read the defense. He has to see what's going on. Right? And he has to be flexible. Flexible means what? Tzimtzum. That's what flexible means. Tzimtzum. He has to change himself. Everything in the world has the same relationship. Sure, we're talking about it here with regards to the Or Ainsov and the Yud Sfiros. But if you look at life, the same things are playing out again and again in all different areas. Whether you're talking about relationships, whether you're talking about uh, business, you're talking about sports, you're talking about anything. Everything has the same 
parameters, the same paradigms. That's the way the Abishur set up the world. Right? So the bottom line is, is that in order for the Or Ainsav to be able to interface, it needs to change itself in order to what? To be mislabish into the Kalim. So who's going to decide the relationship? The Or Ainsav or the Kalim? By definition, obviously, the Kalim. The Kalim have to decide the relationship. You can't just go out there and do your own thing. You have to read what's going on. You following? Same thing here. That's what he says. In order for the Oreinsov to be mislabish into the Yud Sphiros to affect through them. In other words, there's a job of the Yud Sphiros. The Yud Sphiros are there in order for Hashem to create the world, to make the world a certain way. Yeah? It has to lower itself down. The Kinoide Mimasha Perish Kadosh Hashem, right? Harava Magid, right? The Magid of Mezrus, right? Zal. Al Pasuk Maimarazal, but Malkum Gedulaso Sham Ata Motse Anvanaso. That in the place where you find his greatness, that is Dafka, the place where his humility is. Dahainu Shahis Labshus, but Midas Gedoyla, whose spheres are Chesed Elyon. That it's his Labshus into the sphere of Gedoyla. Think about it in terms of a great teacher. Think about the Rebbe. The Rebbe. Right, I just heard a thing from uh, Rabbi Silverstein Zil- uh, from uh, Silverstein from uh, Ithaca. I don't know if anyone is on that WhatsApp group. He was telling about Rabbi Hirschsprung. Right, anyone heard that thing that he sent out? Very interesting. Rabbi Hirschsprung was the Rav of Montreal for many, many years. He was an unbelievable genius in Taira. He was one of the people that was in from uh, before the war, from uh, in the famous Rabbi Meir Shapiro. Who's Rabbi Meir Shapiro? Anyone ever heard of him? No one's ever heard of him? Rameir Shapiro is from the Chachme Lublin. It was his yeshiva. Who were the Chachme Lublin? Little basic Jewish history, boys. Right? They made something called Dafyomi. Has anyone ever heard of Dafyomi? Okay, so that was Rameir Shapiro's idea. Right? So these were a bunch of tremendous Talmidei Chachamim that they had a yeshiva in Lublin before the war. Okay, so Rabbi Hirschsprung, he knew literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of Gemara by heart. Literally, word for word, by heart. Over a thousand, two thousand pages before he, when he was a young man. Right? So when he went to be tested, right, by, uh, in, in Chachmei Lublin, you know, people there, in order to get into the yeshiva, you had to know hundreds of pages by heart. So he knew thousands of pages by heart. Can you imagine? I mean, I mean think about it. How many pages do you know by heart? How many pages do I know by heart? Can we even learn, you know, Elam Matthias for trying to learn by heart, not word for word, the Shakla Vitaria. Right? It's an amazing thing. It's an incredible accomplishment. Right? I don't think of anyone, in our day and age, we are so not uh, involved in even pushing ourselves. But these are tremendous accomplishments. And you're able to. Most of us have brains that need to be exercised. Never exercise it. Right, you see with uh, I see with my own uh, with my own kids. You know, the bottom line is that they have brains, but you need to exercise the brains. You have to push the just like with pushing with trying to learn how to dunk, right? In basketball, the brain also. You know, it's a big accomplishment to, to be able to memorize a, a page of Gemara word for word by heart. And he knew it, a word for word by heart. Gemara Rashi Taisus. I mean, can you? I I, I mean, it's mind boggling. Thousands of pages. Can you imagine? Anyway, so he said. 
that what he, why he enjoyed so much in going to the Rebbe's Febrengens is that in the Sichas the Rebbe, he would be making references to different parts of Shas in each like sentence or two sentences. That was obviously flying over everyone else's head. I mean, for sure, flying over my head, that's for sure, right? But <clears throat> he would be making hints in every couple of sentences that he was saying to a piece of shots here, a piece of shots. So for someone like me, I have no idea. I mean, it's like, whoo. But someone like him, that was what so, was so exciting for him because he would like try to figure out what was he referencing. Oh, he's referencing a page over here and a page over there and a page over there, right? Now imagine, the Rebbe was teaching me and teaching you, right? Coming, lowering himself down to such a level that I should be able to understand what he's talking about. Be'etzim, I should have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> he's so far ahead of anyone else, you know, you know, just beyond, light years we're talking about, right? But this is, this is the idea. In order to make a relationship, the mashpia needs to change himself, to be able to lower himself down to such a level that even I should be able to understand. Right? So that whole concept, you see it being played out over and over and over and over again, all over the place. So this is where it starts, though, from. The starting point is from the Abishter and how he interfaces with the world. How does he interface with the world? So he says, where do you find his greatness? That he's able to lower himself down to such a level to even go into Chesed of Atzilus. Chesed of Atzilus, I mean, <laughs> Chesed of Atzilus, Wow. That's a lowering down? Yes, that's a lowering down. That's what he's saying. Right? Because in front of the Abishter, it's like nothing. There's nothing there. It's like, it's like zero. He wants to say that the Abishter is so high up on such a high level add to the point that he has to lower himself so low in order to go right? That's the idea. Shemayim here, Shemayim in, in you could talk Shemayim in terms of also the spiritual world. That's what we're saying. What does it mean that he lowered himself down into the Shemaim? He lowered himself down into the upper, into the, into the spiritual world. Including Yud Sviros of Atzilus. This is such a lowering down for him. Just like in the same way that he would be lowering himself down into a rock on Sussex Avenue. Because when you're dealing with infinity, there is no one thing which is closer. They're equidistant. A billion and the number three are equidistant to infinity. So on the one hand, you're saying, oh, he's so high. He's so high. Yes, he's so high. But he's lowering himself down to get to where? The same thing. It doesn't matter if it's a trillion, a billion, a million, or, or a ten. It's all the same. So, Chesed of Atzilus and, you know, and, and, and a rock over here, a basketball on, 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 you know, on, on the, in the parking lot is the same thing. What's the difference? Now, based on this, so on the six days of creation, he shines Hashem by himself. It all came from him. 
to mitzamtzim. You're not going to. You going to one of the classes? Yes. You probably go to room B to Rabbi Wagner. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. So he says that he he mitzamtzim himself his light to be mislabish into the yudsviros. So when during the six days of creation he did it himself. Yeah. And even afterwards, Atta now, Yesh Ha'ara Mimenu Yisbarach. Right, there is a still a Ha'ara Mimenu Yisbarach. Besides Shayrish Hislabish Biyud Sviros, She'enu Talui Vemaisa Tachtainim, that is not dependent on our actions. He continues to give over this light into the Yud Sviros in order to create all of existence. Ulam, however, Ha'ara Zubit Simsum. This ha'ara, however, is very limited. Ve'ikar ha'or nimshach al However, what we're saying here is what? That the main light that's able to come down into this world is not based on that original or that constant light. Instead, what is it based on? It's based on an additional light that takes place based on our actions down here. Like we said before. In other words, what are we saying? What we're saying is like this. What we're saying is that just like in the beginning of creation, Hashem created within Himself, right? Many of the Maimarim from, uh, from Tishrei discussed this whole idea about how Hashem aroused within himself a will to want to create the world, right? But he created within himself. That caused him to be able to be mislabish and to create, to limit, to mitzamtzim himself and to limit and to bring down uh, all, of, uh, all of existence. This little energy, the energy continues regardless of what's happening down here. However, Based on our actions down here, we're able to change that paradigm. And we're able to add, in a much different way, a huge amount of light that changes the whole perspective of the universe. That's through our actions down here. Right? Now, Arizal explains, uh, it goes through all of history and it explains different time periods. Um, when there was more light, there was less light, and like, it talks about it in different stages. Stage two, stage three, stage five, stage three, it went back, right, with the first base of Migdash, and then it was, it was on like Mamish, uh, we're holding on a very, very high level of, of revelation of ore, and then the destruction of the base of Migdash, it caused it to go down, then the ba- second base of Migdash, it was a, se- a level that was lower, then the next destruction came down even again to a much lower level, and in other words, it, it, it shows that through our actions here in this world, there's the general actions of the generations, Right, which caused there to be certain amounts of revelation and therefore uh, positive goodness, etc., whatever you want to call it, in the world. And then there's individuals, even in each generation, that are through their avoida in the generation, are changing that whole energy. So we see that this is a very different approach than the approach that we talked about before. We said, who cares? Why does it, you think Abishter cares that it, we're, we're saying halal? It's irrelevant. The Abishter needs my praise. So remember, answer number one was what? That you're right, he doesn't need it at all. And the whole reason why we're doing it is just so that way I should change myself. 
that I should recognize Hashem. But now we're digging deeper and we're going, wait a minute, there's a Kabbalistic point of view also. And the Kabbalistic point of view is that it does matter. And it's more than just the equation of what happens to me. Now it's the equation that I actually am changing existence by my actions here. So, Amir Hashem, tomorrow we have to finish this paragraph. We're going to get into it more exactly what is happening and how I'm changing and how I'm affecting it. And, uh, you know, 